0: The Old Testament reading for this, the third Sunday after the Epiphany, is from the third chapter of Jonah. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the seventh chapter of First Corinthians. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. And those who buy, as though they had no goods. And those who deal with the world, as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you, from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Peter and his brother Andrew were fishing. They had just cast their net into the Sea of Galilee when Jesus walked by. It literally sounded like they just threw their nets into the water when Jesus said to them, follow me. Just two words, follow me. And with those two words, Peter and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed wherever Jesus was taking them. Peter and Andrew didn't say, Oh, well, just wait a minute, Jesus. Just let us pull this net in we threw in the water. It's expensive. None of that. Jesus called them, follow me. And with those two words, they left their old lives behind. They followed Jesus and found a brand new life in him. Now, as Jesus went a little further, he found the brothers James and John. They were also fishing. They were sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee. And Jesus called to James and John saying, follow me. Now James and John were sitting in a boat with their dad, tying up nets. Not really the best time for James and John to become followers of Jesus. Because if they left their father Zebedee, he would be all alone trying to run the family business. Was Jesus really expecting they would leave their father, their own father, just sitting in that boat? Yes, that is exactly what Jesus expected them to do. The invitation to follow Jesus was that urgent, that life-changing. So Jesus called them and they followed. Follow me. Two words Jesus speaks, and people leave everything. With those two words, people are invited to leave their old lives behind for a brand new life in Jesus. Follow me. These are two words Jesus also spoke to you. He spoke this to you when you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And with those two words, you were invited to get in line behind Jesus and to follow him. And it meant leaving a lot behind. There's no time to get your affairs in order when Jesus calls you. No time to put your own boats away and your livelihood. The call is here and the call is right now. No time to give tearful farewells to old ways you might miss. No time to say goodbye to old habits or old ways you'd like to linger in just a little bit longer. No time to throw your arms around the necks of these things for tearful, longing goodbyes. None of that. But we may try. During our lives as Christians, our old Adam. Our sinful nature tries to call us back and say, No, no, don't go. How could you leave me? Don't just cut me off so quickly and follow after Jesus. I've been with you since birth. I've given you great pleasures you've enjoyed. Our sinful nature, that thing we were born with, would love to have you stay sitting in your boat's. You stay just the way you are and just let Jesus walk right by. Your sinful nature would love to have you stay where you are mending your own nets, stitching together to the desires you have for your own life that's all yours. Your sinful nature would love to have you hang on to the desires of your own heart rather than embrace the desires of Christ's heart. Your sinful nature wants nothing more than for you to remain the master of your own destiny rather than bow your knee to your true master, Jesus Christ, and to follow him. When Jesus called Peter and Andrew, could you imagine if they tried to take their boat with them in that call? Could you even imagine the two of them lugging that boat around up mountains and down valleys? It would have been impossible. Following Jesus meant that clunky thing needed to be left behind. And James and John's net, if they tried to drag that along behind them, it would get caught up in the first thorn bush they ran into. They wouldn't get very far at all dragging that net around behind them trying to follow Jesus, would they? It had to be left behind. When Jesus Christ calls us, some things have to be left behind. When Jesus Christ called to you in your baptism to follow me, that call was just for you. Your sinful nature was not included in that call. Your sinful nature is to be left behind. Just like a clunky, heavy boat should be left behind when following Jesus, so also should our sinful nature be left behind. And just as a net that gets so easily entangled should be left behind, so also should our sinful natures be cast aside. It will entangle you too much. you try to hold on to it and follow Jesus can't do both follow me that's not some order Jesus gave as if you could somehow follow him with your own efforts when Christ says follow me it's an invitation for you to be led by Jesus And when Jesus called and led those first disciples, he took them to people who were sick and in pain. And those clunky boats of this dying world were left behind for these people. They were all healed. And then Jesus led the disciples to see people who were paralyzed and demon-possessed. And these nets, which so easily entangle around our bodies and our souls, were also left behind. Those people were healed. Jesus is still leading us in this life. And Jesus always takes us to the one place in all of creation where the greatest of healings occur for all of us. 2,000 years ago, Jesus led Peter and Andrew up a hill. 2,000 years ago, Jesus led the way just like he does today. But back then, he led the way, carrying a large piece of wood on his shoulders. 2,000 years ago, Jesus led the way to Golgotha, where he was crucified. And today, Jesus is still leading us back to that place. Here in our own sanctuary, Jesus is saying to you, follow me. And he is leading you today up to our own altar, our own little Golgotha, right here in our sanctuary, where Jesus once again provides his body and blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins. There is no greater place Jesus takes his followers than to his cross, that place where all of us can look with certainty and know that we really are freed from all of our sins and the punishment for our sins because we can see that right there on the cross there's Jesus being punished for our sins and he's doing it in our place but Jesus also doesn't just leave us at the cross with the most triumphant words ever voiced in all of creation Jesus shouts out follow me and three days later He's led out of the tomb and we follow. His physical resurrection from the dead where Jesus holds out his hands to all of us, his followers, showing us the nail marks, proving his resurrection from the dead is now our resurrection from the dead as well. Our promise that is so sure and so certain for anyone who follows Jesus. When Jesus invited you To follow me. Everything changed. In your life. You never have to go back. To the ways of your sinful nature. Ever again. Ever. You're freed. From being a slave. To your own desires. Because now. Christ's desires. Can now become. Your desires. Follow me. It's the most personal invitation from God himself to you for you to leave everything behind. It's an invitation for you to stop trying to find your own way in this world and to follow the way Jesus has marked out for you, a way that always leads you to his cross. And one day, I assure you, you will hear Jesus speak these words again when he says, "Follow." And you will follow him one more time into everlasting life forever. That's his promise to all who follow him. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.